Hi, and welcome to Going Within is the new Going Out. It's your mindset coach, Carol Ann Reed here, and together in this podcast, we're going to be tuning out from the outside world and deep diving within. Because after all, that's where the magic happens. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of Going Within is the new Going Out. And I'm actually coming to you fresh this week from our Mindset and Clarity Mastermind that we held in beautiful Cheshire. And we had the most gorgeous souls coming. But anyway, I'm actually, you can probably tell, a little bit fired up. And there was a few things that really came through, some golden threads that came through in the Mastermind. It was entrepreneurs, light workers, business owners, startup business owners as well. And I thought in today's episode, it would be great for us to talk about how competence leads to confidence and how this is such a key part in developing and really doing what you love with that confidence. But it's, I honestly feel like sometimes people have this perception in their minds that they need to be confident in order to start something. And I'm just going to call absolute bullshit on this because this is this is where competence comes in. Like, when, let, let, let's just take the example of learning to drive a car. If you drive, when you first sat in that driving, in the learner car, how did you feel? Did you, did you ooze confidence and think, God, I've got this, I'm going to smash this? Don't, amazing if you did, but I don't know about anyone else that's 17 years old, covered in acne, boobs killing as the seatbelt's there because you're still going through all your puberties. <laughs> Your brain's fried. Back then, I didn't even have phones, but it was like, what am I doing on the weekend? What am I... Everything. I was paranoid about everything. I was terrified. And I would hold my hands up. I was not a competent or a confident driver. I'll have to share the story, actually, of my first driving test. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for a minute. So I want you to start to think now about areas of your life where you started really with lacking the confidence and competence. This could be in a hobby. This could be cooking, dating, your business. So one of the conversations that came up in the mastermind was around holding events. And as we went around the room, it was really clear that these incredibly heart-driven, already making a fantastic impact in the world, we're ready to expand into that holding space via events, webinars, masterclasses, masterminds, that kind of thing. Retreats, retreats was another one. And a few of them are already doing these things, but they want to take it to that next level. So at one point, I literally said, hold your hands up if you want to do one of those that I've just listed. Every single hand went up. And that's where we started to look at, like, well, what holds you back from doing this? Because in all honesty, if we look at it, if we were to be waiting for the perfect moment, I know we spoke about this before, if we were to wait until our audience was a certain size, that we were getting certain engagement, certain likes on posts, certain, um, our hair's a certain length or we're a certain weight, you'd honestly be so surprised to the extent that we will go as humans to procrastinate and sabotage. So I really called it out. I was like, really? And this is where we spoke about what I love to call 10 seconds of insane courage. If you were to choose something that you want to do, 
And this is how we're going to reach that competence stage. But if you were to choose something that you really wanted to do, I am going to use the example of running your own local in-person event, let's just say, because I just think with what we've been through over the last few years, if you can, if you're in a space where you can just gather like-minded people to do anything, knit, knit and natter. Oh, do you know what? My friends... um, yeah, she won't mind me saying this. One of my friend's mums goes to a club called Knit and Natter and her dad calls it Bitch and Stitch. <laughs> it just cracks me up every time. So whether you organise a little local event called Bitch and Stitch or a women's circle or just to talk about well-being or a mum's group, dad's group, what anything. Yeah, and you can run with that idea of Bitch and Stitch. I honestly think that is just genius and it had me howling. Anyway, those 10 seconds of insane courage is really what it all takes. It starts by first deciding I am doing this. Then where? Where could you do it? When might you do it? I personally, this is the order that I do it in. I like to check my diary if I'm ever going to do anything, whether it's retreats, launching a podcast, doing an event, a masterclass, anything business-wise. I And personal, actually, hobbies, all of this, you'll see it all ties into the same process. I look at my diary first. Realistically, I want to give myself some decent time to run up to it for marketing, for speaking to people, gathering everything together. So you look at your calendar first, then you start exploring venues also includes how many people you want to bring together. Is it two? Is it 10? Is it 100? Is it thousands? And from there, you take the action, you put it out there. You go on your website, Eventbrite, your local shops with some posters, whatever that looks like. Social media, like the best free thing that we've got, isn't it, for for getting stuff out there, uh, for advertisement. Then you start talking about it. You don't have to know the ins and outs, the nitty gritty, the down to every single line of what you're going to say, the the itinerary and all of that. You just need enough to get it out there. I promise you, this is the best way to do it. I've been running events for, gosh, 10 years now. And because I was doing this before my coaching business. Um, This was through sports events, charity events. I've done many charity events. I love doing those. So that is all you need to get started. Now, having the confidence to do that, take those 10 seconds of insane courage. You hit live on the Eventbrite. You do the post on Facebook. And it doesn't matter if you take those deep breaths before, go after and go out after and go on a nice walk. And from there... That is where the confidence begins to to grow. The moment you get that first ticket sale through, oh my gosh, you're like, oh, thank God for that. I I still get it now. Every single month, I run a warrior women's circle in Macclesfield in Cheshire in the UK. And I still get that same feeling where I put it out there. That bit, absolutely fine with. I love sharing that stuff. But as soon as that first ticket sale comes through, I'm like, oh, good, okay. I promise you'll feel exactly the same. And should any nerves, any waves of, oh my God, what have I done come in? Realign to why you're doing this. Know that the more that you do it, the more confident you're going to become, the more competent you're going to become. And then fast forward to the event, the hobby, the dating, whatever it is, I'm going to stick with this event example. I'll be honest, the first one, you might need a friend by your side. 
you might need a wine after or before. Um, no judgment there, of course. You might need some coaching, therapy, whatever before. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Once you've got through that first one, you've got it under your belt. That is where the confidence comes because you become more competent. You've then got something to reflect on, look to look at what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. So then you'll look at what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. You'll gather feedback, testimonials, ideas, way to improve. That I would always recommend. Um, I used to shy away from this a little bit. I now understand that it was protecting the ego that it was like, oh gosh, what if I get feedback and it's and it's not good? Oh my God, would my heart even deal? Where the truth is, how the hell are you going to improve on something if you just keep rinse and repeating the same thing? So now, after every event, I will always make sure that I open up a space for testimonials, feedback, and yeah, if you've got any ways, anything that you would have loved to see for the next one, there's ways to word it. If you ask if there's any ways to improve it, please let me know. People will literally think that's an open invite to pull things apart. I would never recommend doing that because sometimes people like to be on their high horse a little bit and they put their, you know, their, their two pens in for what it's worth. So you say, what would you love to see at the next one? What would make the experience even better? Can you see there's a slight spin on that there? And you go again. So if I was to rewind back in 2009, March or April 2009, was the first time I was ever being taught to speak on stage. And I was in Spain and I was getting trained up to go and do my first year as an entertainer. I'd worked abroad once the year before, two years before in fact, as a singer. And, oh God, I've still got the recordings. My nana and granddad, well, my nana used to listen to them every single day whilst doing Orioning, bless her heart. It makes me cringe, but, and that first year, every song I would get introduced, because the guy I was singing with, he was on the guitar and piano, he would always say, and here she is, put your hands together for Caroline Evans. I was in Evans back then. And I would sing my songs for, I was a Tom, I was working in a Thompson Gold and we were the entertainment every night, the resident entertainment. And at the end of every song, the only words I said on the mic the entire season, and I'm not even exaggerating, were, can hear it now, thank you. After every song, I'd finished, da 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 da, thank you. And you'd hear the people in the audience clapping, you're just like my granddaughter, you are. Find the photos in the poets. So anyway, that was my first ever experience on stage. And then 2009, Boom, we were getting things a bit more serious. I was being taught, trained. I was on a five-week training course. I was backstage and I had to present a game show. And this this was all pretend. This was all fictitious. This was in front of... God, I can feel it in my heart. You were just speaking about it now. And we'd been taught. I'd, I'd, I'd had a script to learn. I knew the concept of the game show. Yet my brain... Ooh, just felt it impossible to retain any information. I couldn't remember my own name, never the mind of the frigging, the name of the frigging game show. And I was stood backstage and I had this microphone in my hand. My hands were sweating. It was hot anyway. And the pretend contestants were getting ready to go out on stage and they called us out. The, the guy pretending to host this whole thing shouted my name 
And I went to speak, I went to walk out onto the stage and I burst into tears, was nearly sick and I couldn't physically speak. Now I'm not sharing this with you to put the fear of God into you. <laughs> I'm sharing this with you now because what happened next was quite profound. People were supportive. They said, just hold on a minute. And they came, they gave me a moment to breathe. They told me how I've got this and they helped me to calm down. And someone said to me, it was one of the older guys that had been doing it for years. He was like, I want you to just remember that they're not here, the audience aren't here to judge you. They're not here because they want to see you fail. They want you to succeed. They're here to have fun. It's not about you. Okay, this, even in that moment, I was like, okay, that, that makes so much sense. Yet, it was, it was still terrifying, but hearing those words, people want to see you succeed. If you're going to run a mastermind, an event, a webinar, a go dating, anyone involved, <laughs> unless they really are not your tribe, which you have nothing to worry about because what other people think of you is none of your business. Remember, we've spoken about this before. You, you're there for a purpose. You're there to entertain. That was my job. I was just there to help people have fun. And do you know what? Those words have stayed with me for ever since. And I went out onto that stage, looked at all these little dark shadows in the audience because you can never see anything on stage, including the stage. I was terrified of falling off. And that was it. Once I got that one under my belt and my voice was, yes, it was shaky. Yes, in all honesty, it was pretty shit. But I did it. And I actually ended up, throughout the whole five-week training process, getting put onto the flagship hotel. Because once I'd got that first one under my belt, there was that file it. I was like, well, they're not there to see me fail. Then I'm actually here to help people. And that's a big driver for me. Huge purpose for me. So I really, really put the time and energy into learning. Can you see where we're going with this? The competence came. And when the competence started to come, the confidence came. And I started to really study and watch how the managers and those that have been in the industry for years were speaking on stage. I was looking at how they held their mics. I, don't get me wrong, back then, we had to put like one euro coins into computers to access the internet and still use pay phones. Like, can you even? So... I just used what I had. I would learn and absorb. That's the competence piece. So if you're looking at holding an event, go to some events as well. Go in your local area, see what's going on. What do their Eventbrite things look like? What kind of images are drawing people in? Go and experience it yourself. That boosts confidence. The competence comes the more that you practice and that breeds the confidence. And all these years later, if I was to honestly say what's one of my favourite things to do in my business, it's speaking on stages. It's it's speaking and holding events and just being in those, seeing the whites of people's eyes, watching those transformations happen, being in that real world energy. Oh, there's just nothing quite like it for me. I urge you now to reflect on areas of your own life, personal or business or career, where are you holding yourself back? 
Is there something that you want to do, but you don't feel that you're confident enough to yet or that you know enough about it yet? Let's just say by the end of the mastermind this week, the people in that room, there was one amazing, incredible lady, Jenny, who one of her goals is to do a triathlon. Let's just say she's doing a triathlon because in order to even that, when it comes to that kind of extreme sports, confidence and competence comes from practice. It comes from booking it first and then learning how to do the rest on the in-between. And my gosh, is she going to have some very excited warrior women at that finish line? She did, one of the other ladies was like, what if we all do it? I was like, whoa, 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 hold your horses. I get knackered walking upstairs these days. But I was incredibly inspired. And I have since, after we've all shared links, seen that there is like beginners triathlons. If you're a listener and you've done a triathlon, I would love to know your thoughts. I like the idea of the variety. That makes me... That, that ticks my boxes. So anyway, just signed myself up to one, haven't I? And someone else doing their own event, retreats. We had one lady who was going to channel on all of her energy into a website and she's now exploring the idea of a podcast. And again, it's the same process. Competence breeds confidence. So I will I will leave you with the story just purely for shits and gigs here. So if, if you feel that you've gotten what you want from this episode, don't worry. I'm going to share with you the story of my first driving test now just because it's hilarious and it's slightly crazy. So I was still a really, I'm going to use the words nervous driver. I think I was just quite a nervous human back then. And I mean, the guy was lovely who was my driving instructor. We had set off and he could just tell straight away, I was incredibly nervous. Like I couldn't speak properly, my mouth was dry, my legs were shaking, uh, like he'd tell me to turn left and all of a sudden I, I had no idea what was left and right. And we went down this estate and he, he asked me to pull over and he sort of tried to give me a few tips on just relaxing. And I want to say that it worked, but I was just too, I was too in my head. I wish I, I wish, I wish we knew in our teens what we know now. This, this is part of my life mission is to help, is to help those children and teens to understand this stuff. So anyway, we'd set back off again and somehow it, it almost made me more nervous. Like my leg was like thumping against, it was like shaking. Anyway, we got to the town centre and we were approaching these traffic lights and I was already like a mile ahead. I was like, there's a hill, there's two roundabouts, there's this. And he tried to make small talk with me, thinking that that would maybe help me to relax. Don't quite know. He thought it was going to help me relax, feel chill, I don't know. Take my mind off the dooming roundabouts. And he was like, so so what do you like to do in your spare time? I was like, well... I'm 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 a, I'm a singer. I, I I like to sing, and back then I had just started singing in pubs and clubs and working men's clubs and stuff like that. And he was like, "Oh wow, fantastic!" And, and and do you know any songs? I was like, "Well, yeah." And his words were, "Go on, sing us a song." And you know when you like, if there is anything in the world not to do to someone that is feeling anxious, nervous, in the middle of a freaking driving lesson, or test in fact, is to get someone to sing a song. So being the people pleaser that I was back then, you could probably see where this is going, I've literally got my hand over my forehead and my eyes are closed. 
I was like, no, no, I, I, I can't. He was like, oh, go on, you'll feel better. And he really like pushed me to do it. And next thing, all that comes out of my mouth was, I'm going to try and reenact it for you now. Billy Ray was the preacher's son. When his daddy would visit, he'd come along. And together and started talking. And I started singing, son of a freaking preacher man, to him on my test. And now I know what you're questioning right now. Did I pass my test? No. <laughs> Just, here's some salt, rub it in that wound. So not only did I fail my driving test, but I had to sing terribly. Son of a preacher man to him before going up the big dooming freaking roundabout hills. So yeah, I just thought I would share that with you. So let's just round this off now. Because <laughs> if there is something that you are sitting, teetering on the edge of doing, trying, starting, remember the more you practice, we teach this to our kids, don't we? Imagine if a kid started trying to walk and he was like, oh no, this is a bit hard. I need to be more confident on my on my feet to do. They just start running and falling. <laughs> and then before you know it, they're running in opposite directions and you, you yeah, you can't catch them. It's just me. Um, that is it. So I want you to really, really remember this moving forward. Competence breeds confidence. Do not wait until you have all the knowledge, all the confidence, because I hate to say it, but just does not happen that way. But the more that you practice this, you, you confidence grows. It just does. It's almost like, it's like maths. <laughs> it just does. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you've got any batshit crazy stories about your driving lessons or things that actually now I'm a really confident driver. And if you were to have seen me this morning, I was singing my head off to a day to remember an amazing rock band with my two sons in the back of the car. They were singing too. So it didn't scar me enough to keep me quiet. Um, then I would love to know. And here's to the 10 seconds of insane courage. You doing what you want to do and learning as you go. You've totally got this. Thank you so much for joining. I look forward to seeing you on next week's episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could share this with a friend who you just know would love it too. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know when next week's drops. Sending you all the love and light.